centers are a core instrument of public diplomacy of uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, now uh, there are uh, 25 branches uh, across three continents. Uh, we present our country in a wide range, uh, from art uh, through the creative industries uh, to achievements of uh, Czech science and innovations. Unfortunately, uh, the pandemic brings mostly the bad stories. However, there are uh, also good ones, including the devoted help of uh, all the volunteers. Uh, there are the Czech scientists and innovation and their creativity. And Global Science uh, Cafe is a just a series of lectures and debates with just with them. I would like to thank Mr. Prusha for the, uh, accepting our invitation. And finally, let me wish all the followers at the screens a good reception, both the technical one and mental one. Welcome to Global Science Cafe, an informal forum for discussing scientific, social and uh, cultural concerns organized by Czech centers. And uh, tonight's discussion is uh, being broadcast online uh, across the network of Czech centers in uh, 25 different uh, countries. Uh, so we're going out, uh, for example, in New York and London and Paris and, and goodness, goodness knows where else. Um, our guest today is Josef Prusha, uh, a pioneer in the world of 3D printing and printers, uh, and a man who we can say has opened up the world of uh, 3D printing to a great many people uh, internationally. So welcome, Josef. Um, Thank you. I'd like to remind viewers as well that uh, if you have any questions uh, for Josef during this discussion, feel free to send them in, and uh, we'll put them to him. Um, Josef, I'd like to start. Um, where we are right now in this uh, rather uh, unusual, exceptional situation. Um, the, the world of uh, COVID-19, unfortunately. Um, and you and your company were responsible for uh, uh, an admirable initiative um, in that uh, these uh, face shields that we see here uh, before me um, are 3D printed by your company by your printers and your machines and they uh, were provided free to healthcare workers and um, uh, people who, who needed them all over the world yeah. um, so this was as I say an exceptional uh, project how did it come about um, you reacted very quickly to the situation um, so where did the idea come from so I would say that uh, uh, 3d printing and 3d printers in general are very good in like rapid response uh, they used to be called uh, rapid prototypers or rapid prototyping machines. So uh, as we are actually using 3D printers to print printers, because roughly 30% of the printer is uh, 3D printed, we have uh, one of the, or not one of the, the, the largest uh, 3D printing farm in the world. 
So we were just looking for the right idea what we could use the farm for. And in the 3D printing community, there were some, uh, some ideas uh, uh, going on to print mostly uh, 3D printed respirators, which after a brief uh, check about the feasibility of it and safety of it, I, uh, we, found out, we found out that it is not a very good idea, especially in the, in the home DIY environment. But uh, then uh, we uh, laid our eyes on, on a proof of concept of a face shield and we thought that this is the, this is the right idea. So we, we took it forward. Uh, I got in contact with the uh, Czech Minister of Health and uh, uh, which uh, in cooperation with doctors helped us to uh, make uh, verified functional design. And in, in roughly four days from the idea, <laughs> we were uh, shipping the first batch of uh, 800, but we later increased the production to over 3,000 a day, and it was incredible. And uh, when uh, we are open source company, so it is our nature to share everything. So when, this, uh, when, we, uh, when we got the design uh, fully working, uh, we quickly uh, gave it away online and provided some information how to make it safely, uh, which I think is, is very important because obviously, you don't want to make the situation worse because mm -hmm. I mean, if you would be uh, infected, you would be spreading it on the on the parts to uh, to the most uh, needed people in this time. So uh, this basically uh, started a movement. I didn't expect that it will it will pick up so much, but I mean, in just few days, I mean, Ford uh, in US was uh, was showing our shields on TV. Uh, and thousands upon thousands of uh, people, volunteers all around the planet are still to this day printing them and giving them away because uh, they're still, uh, th even if the traditional manufacturers already uh, started to make it, uh, there's still one thing you cannot beat with, uh, you cannot, 3D printing cannot be beaten. At, and that is uh, that the, the manufacturing is super local because uh, you have 3D printer in every small town, basically everywhere. And in the first days, uh, where, like traditional shipping wasn't working very well, uh, you could get them made everywhere locally. So uh, people could supply their local uh, GPs or pharmacists and yeah. Uh, I just wish that we, we could know how many was uh, actually made. I can tell for us uh, that we, uh, over the last two months, we gave away, manufactured and gave away over 130,000. So I can just imagine that the, the number will be in millions globally. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, if we can just take a step back and, and, and look uh, at 3D printing in, in more general terms for, for those who may not know too much about it. So um, tell me about the printers you make. What is it that makes them so successful? What is it that makes them uh, the, the kind of market leader, as it were? Uh, I would say that it is the reliability and, and the simplicity. I think the fact that we are using the exact, the exact same printers we are uh, selling to our customers 
to, to print them. It gives us a lot of experience and if we, if we, uh, how to put it, if we make a bad design, uh, design decision, mm -hmm. it will backfire spectacularly <laughs> for us. So yeah, I, I would say that makes the printers so reliable and then the word of mouth just, just spreads. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this specimen here is uh, a new, or relatively new model, a mini printer, I believe. Yeah. Tell us something about this. Oh, th this is the this is the latest printer we made, um, and uh, the idea about it is to make it simple and accessible. Uh, this this one is actually uh, around ten thousand uh, Czech crowns, with rough, roughly around uh, four hundred something uh, USD. It, the, the price is different in every currency, but yeah, uh, make it nice and simple and uh, inviting. Mm -hmm. So this is our latest thing. You mentioned the importance to you of uh, open source. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Why why are you such an advocate of uh, of open source? Uh, to me, it just makes sense uh, mm -hmm. because I mean, uh, we much rather spend our time making new things than uh, wasting the energy on doing patents and that is just uh, that is just the first part of it because if you if you try to enforce them it, it takes just so much energy so we much rather uh, push forward and let I mean let others to use the stuff we make and also, uh, people can improve upon uh, what we do. The the license has uh, yeah, a limitation. If you if you of course use our design and improve it, you will have to share the improvements under the under the same license. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, you are now uh, a very successful young entrepreneur. Um, but uh, how did this all begin for you? Um, how did you get into the world of three D printing? <laughs> So it, it is funny. I, I was a lot into music. I was uh, I was a DJ, and I wanted to push it a little bit f uh, further. So I started to make my own controllers, you know, to spice things up. And I was in need of making knobs and faders, you know. And that's how I found out about about the about three D printers. And this was this was eleven years ago, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, the, the printers are part of the RepRep project, which was started by Adrian Boyer uh, at the University of Bath. So, credits to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, for three years, it was just my hobby. And because um, you know, when I when I was starting to build uh, the first one, uh, I I thought that it was very complicated. So. Because I'm lazy, or I mean, I mean, I try to be as efficient as possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice uh, I, I started to I started to simplify uh, simplify the design, and of course I shared it back. And because um, others also prefer to use their time more efficiently, started <laughs> to use the 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 simpler uh, simpler version. Mm -hmm. And as I said, for three years I was uh, working on the design and making new ones, but. At some point, you know, people were well, were always asking me about, oh, that is nice, but I don't I don't want to spend time building it. Can you build it for me? Mm -hmm. So at at one point, uh, I I realized the university I was studying 
wasn't that that good for me. Uh, so I decided to quit the university and I started for research and that was eight years ago, mm -hmm. 2012. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was the, was it the Purusha Mendel was the, was the first sort of breakthrough uh, uh, model for you? Uh, so uh, so the, the, the timeline is the first uh, 3D printer from the Repair project was Darwin, second was Mendel, and uh, my first version was uh, Prusa Simplified Mendel, but people, the people were call, calling it Prusa, so it is not like I'm trying to <laughs> put Angle myself in, uh, to the same line as these guys. Yeah. But yeah, that and now is countless revisions. Even, even now, uh, we are still improving the designs. Uh, even when the printer is in production, that is uh, one of the wonderful things about 3D printing because uh, if we find that we can do something simpler, better or more durable, we can just upload new files into, the, into our farm and from that moment we have the, we have the new design. Mm -hmm. If we would be using injection molding, uh, it means you spend a lot of money on each mold. So you probably want to make use, use of it. So I think uh, it would be discouraging for us to make improvements on the way mm -hmm. and just use the same design un until, uh, until it pays for itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, all in all, it, it doesn't cost that much more than uh, to, to 3D print it. Okay, now it sounds uh, like a, a very rapid success story that uh, once you began things started happening for you very quickly, um, but were there any, any setbacks along the way or was it kind of a smooth upward curve? I mean, <laughs> that, that depends uh, from the point of view. I mean, building uh, and pushing company forward is, the, the definition of that is to um, solving the setbacks, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have, we have setbacks every, every week and it is just how business is going. So, I mean, everybody, to, to everyone who wants to uh, make a big company, be prepared for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, let's actually talk a little bit about, about the company, uh, Prusha Research. Um, firstly, uh, I've noticed that your team uh, seems predominantly to be made up of pretty young people. Um, and I'm interested in the process of recruitment and how you put your teams together and also uh, what you look for in, in your future mm. colleagues. Wow, that, uh, that depends because we are basically multiple companies in one mm -hmm. uh, from the point of view that we are not just making uh, the printer but we decided to go uh, the way that we will do our own distribution, sales and everything. And these requirements are uh, completely different for, for each of the teams. But we are mostly, yes, we are mostly a younger collective because, well, uh, people who reach to us are usually, uh, usually have interest in, in 3D printing. Uh, that at this point is mostly uh, younger guys. So uh, that, is, uh, that is the crowd from which we uh, pick people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, all, the, all the things about how we, how we uh, choose our new teammates, it, 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 it's just cliche, it is the same everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. you, want, you want somebody interested in the thing, with, with what we are 
trying to achieve uh, somebody who is a good team member and we could go so on. But yeah, we, I, I think we have very good uh, company culture. Uh, everything is pretty relaxed because I think uh, if we are growing so rapidly, uh, it is just unnecessary to create uh, not, uh, you know, extra attention by, you know, uh, following like strict rules and stuff like that. So everything mm -hmm. is pretty laid back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is there such a thing as a, as a typical day at the company for you? <laughs> Uh, typical day, uh, meetings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> meetings, meetings, meetings. It is, uh, it is interesting also on the, on the, uh, on the way of growth. Uh, uh, you start with, with something what is your hobby, but over time of, uh, you hire in the respective uh, things you can do. You, you always hire people who are better than you, right? Mm -hmm. So if I, if I would try to code, uh, code firmware now, I think my, my addition would be uh, n not that great. Uh, or I wouldn't be very efficient. But yeah, it, it is mostly now d doing meetings and trying to uh, set the course for the company and you know, make sure that everybody knows what, what needs to be done mm -hmm. uh, and basically uh, make the product this way. Yeah. Um, with all these meetings, do you sometimes wish that you, you were more hands-on, that you had more time <laughs> to do that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, now, now, nowadays, uh, when, I, when I was starting with electronics, even 10 years ago, uh, now, now um, uh, all the tools and uh, it, it is much, much nicer. nicer. Maybe because of the uh, STEM uh, education and stuff like that, so uh, all the tools and toys, I mean, all the, you know, all the electronics and gadgets is, is toys for me. So, yeah, but I, I plan to pick up uh, some, some projects personally mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. um, just to return briefly to the context of COVID-19, mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about your, your team and your colleagues. Um, now in this country, as uh, some of the restrictions uh, after lockdown mm. are starting to be lifted, uh, questions arise about uh, how to keep people safe uh, in the workplace. And I know that you recently uh, wrote an article about this. Yes. Um, can you share with us uh, some of your ideas about how particularly smaller companies can, uh, can try to keep their workforce safe? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, I think this uh, the COVID is not a sprint. I would mm -hmm. say it's a marathon. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, I think it, it, it's best for people to look at the whole list because I can just name few few simple ones, and you know, it's on prusaprinters.org. I think it is the latest article, but. I mean, as we are a manufacturing company, we are trying, and, and there is over 520 of us in, in, on single location. It, if, we, if we get a few cases, I think it would uh, spread rather quickly. So obviously, everybody wears a face mask uh, in-house. The uh, only exception is if you are in your home office, mm -hmm. but when you are, when we are, when we are meet, meeting in meeting rooms, uh, and we try to have as few on uh, in-person meetings as possible. Uh, 
then everybody wears it. But we also, it, it is things like you, you never can just like say, and now everybody wears a face mask. Mm -hmm. Because people would get angry. Uh, it is always about you know taking the time to properly explain why we are doing ev every single thing. But um, one of the very simple things, which basically costs nothing, when we are changing shifts, we added we added a 30-minute window between the shifts, so we can disinfect the workspace, mm -hmm. and also uh, the amount of people in the locker rooms or at the ex exit doors. Uh, we have the same exit uh, and people go there inside too they don't meet so if, if uh, in the case somebody uh, would be infected we wouldn't have to quarantine the whole whole uh, manufacturing team we uh, we picked up the uh, we found uh, we analyzed which uh, which doors basically are the most frequent we have uh, uh, terrace uh, in the company, which a lot of people use for lunch and other things. So basically everybody used to touch the same door handle like mm -hmm. thousands of times a day. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, uh, we got automatic doors, so people be eliminated the surface which everybody would share. Same is for the exit. But I mean, it, it is the little things <laughs> for the for the very frequent uh, uh, departments like HR, where a lot of people go. Uh, mm -hmm. We we decided that we will just make <laughs> a window in the door, so people don't have to go in. Because right. mo Ninety-nine percent of the requests, when people go uh, pick up, you know, PPE or something, mm -hmm. it can be done through the door. Sure. So people don't get. Uh, pe people don't get in. It, it is much easier this way to uh, stay at the same distance, mm. and so on and so on. Mm. <laughs> we, we could go for ages, and I think sure. it would uh, make everyone sleepy. Um, in the period where people have had to work more remotely um, and uh, work from home and so on and be be online, uh, you know, I think initially people saw that as a kind of uh, a negative, that it was going to make things more difficult. But uh, in some cases, I think people are discovering that uh, oh, yeah. this kind of working actually has its, its plus points too. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, think, uh, I, I think it is, uh, it, it, it accelerated the digitalization. And also, yeah, uh, we are not doing any meetings in person with external uh, people to our company or other companies. And everything works just fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think like the concept of, uh, of work lunches and all this kind of things is, uh, you know, we should leave this uh, behind us. It is uh, stuff from 90s. Right. right. And I mean, every, what matters most in the business partnership is uh, uh, how the parties, if, if they act as, as they should, or if the good is deal, it is not about fancy lunch or something. So, mm -hmm. a fancy meeting. Right, right. Um, tell us something about uh, Prusa Lab, which is uh, you. I think describe it as a as a as a maker space and a hacker space. Yeah. Um, and I believe this is also a kind of an interactive forum for for people to see what you do and and so on. Um, tell us about how this works. 
So um, it could also be called FabLab. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, a lot of people would be familiar with that name. But when I was starting with 3D printing, uh, I, was, uh, I was living in college dorms. And basically there was no way I could, I could tinker with something. So I, I was thinking uh, when we got into a point that we could start uh, uh, giving back a little, uh, we took some space out of the company and we made it into um, a makerspace, which is basically, uh, you have membership, uh, which is, I would say, uh, very, very affordable, so everybody can get, a, get in. But uh, if you want to tinker with something, you can, and we, we teach you how to use it. And we have from giant, big CNC machines, uh, lathes, uh, plotters, laser cutters. We also, but we also hold uh, s s sewing classes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. I don't think like, uh, making is just electronics, as many people see it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I mean, it is a nice way to let people test it. Uh, t try different things and see if, if they like it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, if, if you just decide, oh, I want to play with electronics too, th there's a big barrier just to test it out. You still have to invest thousands of chip crowns for the equipment if you, if you want to just try. Mm -hmm. And I think at, at least, uh, especially with, with, with kids and stuff, they, they maybe never, never get to try these different things and uh, so they don't know if they want to pursue a career in these in these fields so I think that that is also very nice. Do you have specific uh, programs for kids and, and, and uh, school children in general to come and um, try this stuff out? Yeah yeah we, we are doing uh, we, we are doing these most these workshop mostly around holidays so I think for for, <laughs> for Christmas uh, we, we had a class where kids could create cookie cutters mm -hmm. and make cookies. Mm -hmm. So basically they designed it, we 3D printed the cookie cutter, they <laughs> cut the cookies mm -hmm. with parents. It, it, it was wonderful. That is for little ones, but we have modeling classes, uh, how to 3D model, how to use 3D printers, mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But unfortunately, uh, during, the, during these times, we are, we are closed. And unfortunately, I think we will remain closed even, even during the during the summer, mm. uh, or if we find a way how to how to open very safely, we might be doing something. We are still thinking about that. Maybe maybe someone uh, has uh, has thought this through already, but it might be that we will just make people book certain time and allow just two or three people in the lab, so we don't mm. have twenty people. Sure, it, it is pretty small space for this amount of people. So we are, we are just thinking how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in one of your TEDx talks, uh, you, uh, you mentioned that, um, that your printers can sort of reproduce the essence of a thing, which is quite an exciting uh, claim to make and of course has uh, a lot of potential repercussions. And if we turn for a moment to the future of 3D printing, mm. um, first I'd like to ask you, is there a limit to what it can achieve? Um, how far can it go? Oh my God. Uh, I, I would say uh, the only limit is your imagination. I mean, obviously, uh, people will say, but you cannot print from all the materials. 
I do agree with that, but I also don't think that the 3D printer is like the holy grail of everything because mm -hmm. it might get used as a part of the process. So if you want to do something metal, you can make, you know, uh, you can make a mold or not a mold, but you can, uh, if you've heard of lost wax casting, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So y you can make the shape with 3D printer, but use different method to, to use it. So there, if you are creative, there is literally no, no limits. And um, we saw how uh, quickly with the face shields, how quickly something can be shared and spread around the world. Uh, uh, something like this that is uh, yeah. extremely helpful for people and has uh, a great yeah. beneficial effect. Um, what about some other specific areas that, that you think um, could pan out in a similar way that... Uh, I mean, uh, you mean like the, the specialties of 3D printers? Yeah, th how 3D printing can change the world effectively, how it can help us uh, in similar ways to, to, to the face shields so, and so on. I mean, uh, in, in this case, it, it really helped in a way that before, you know, two or three weeks, the amount of time which takes to start up or set up traditional ways of manufacturing. This, is, this creates a nice buffer zone for, for other things. But uh, what I think 3D printers uh, are very strong in, uh, you can do every single piece personalized. If, if we would want to print all the shields and each would have the name of the doctor, it would take exactly the same time. Mm -hmm. So the personalization is, is one of the things where I think, uh, where I think it will be uh, big. Not, you know, you, you hear the stories about, uh, you will not go to the shop, uh, but you will download the file. Mm -hmm. But that is just, you know, a start. But uh, I, I think what will happen, you will just buy. How, how, uh, I, I don't know the, the well, I, I haven't invented a name for that yet, <laughs> but um, for example, a mug, you will not just buy a mug, mm -hmm. but you will, but personalizable mm -hmm. mug, you could make it, you have the design, but you could make it taller, wider, mm -hmm. and you could modify it to your liking, which mm -hmm. I think is very nice. And, you know, pe people love this about making that, they can make, you can make everything your own, mm -hmm. but this is still uh, this is still some time ahead of us. Do you foresee a time where three D printers in the home are fairly commonplace? Oh, I mean, I, I think uh, obviously it makes nice headlines to say th things like this, but I think it will follow pretty similar path to uh, to what uh, happened with two D printers. 3D printers are around for a long time, but of course, I mean, in <laughs> 30 years ago, if you would say to someone, why would, you ha why would I have a 2D printer or mm. printer at home? Do you mm. think I will print books? Mm. But, you know, then <laughs> the, the next step was obviously when people learn how to use uh, word editing uh, at home, then, okay, Occasionally, I need to print something, so you have you, you started to have copy shop, uh, copy shops, so you you can, I mean, back then you probably put it on a diskette. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now now you, you bring it on the on the flashcard and and, and and print it, 
And after some time, pe people started to get it uh, at home. Mm -hmm. Because, <clears throat> I mean, especially when, uh, when for, the, for the general public, if you are not uh, like a, a creator, uh, it is still just few things a, a month you would print. So I don't think it just makes uh, sense for everyone. Mm -hmm. But you maybe the day, the day might well, be coming where you can download your mug yeah. and print it at home. Oh, yeah. 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 Or, you know, um, you could download it, design it, mm -hmm. and just go past, uh, past two blocks and, mm -hmm. and print it at uh, a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the other side of the coin, um, do you see some dangers that uh, 3D printing technology can be abused in, in the future? Uh, so th this, is, uh, this is the same debate with every new technology. So technologies uh, per se are not bad, people are bad. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if, uh, if you want to do something, in th something bad, you could use whatever you want. You can take that table and bang somebody. Uh, on the hat, and sh should we ban tables because mm -hmm. of that? So, I mean, uh, I don't think there is much danger. Uh, there, there were, uh, I mean, media always like uh, shocking headlines. So you probably have heard about three D printing guns mm -hmm. and stuff. But I mean, it, if if you just think about it for a second, do you really want a plastic gun firing a bullet? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So basically, and, and if you think about that, you could you could find. I'm I'm not going to say it, but you could make it untraceable much quicker, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it will be much more reliable than a gun made out of plastic. But obviously, someone can say, but you have metal printers, but of Again, that that three <laughs> gun printed uh, on a three D printer out of metal would cost about as a small car. So mm -hmm. I don't think it makes sense. And there are again much simpler ways to obtain that. So it is always always about people and not technologies. Because I mean, are computers bad? I wouldn't say so. Uh, yeah. Mm. Okay. So. Um, I'd also like to move on to uh, the topic of Maker Faire, uh, which is, we could call it something like a kind of festival of, of innovation and, and celebration and technology. of making. Celebration of making, okay. <laughs> uh, and Maker Faire in Prague, uh, you're the main patron, I think, of, this, of, of the Maker Faire event here. Um, so, what's the thinking behind it and, and what are the aims of Maker Faire? Oh, yeah, we, we will actually have online online version. Uh, we decided that we will not cancel altogether, mm -hmm. and it will be next weekend. And even though it is mainly in Czech, uh, we actually decided that we will have translator. We will see how that goes because it is uh, for this, uh, simultaneous uh, uh, translation. It is always difficult, especially in uh, specialized fields like you know, or basically every every uh, exposition. Every maker is doing com something completely different, so mm -hmm. it will be a nice challenge. But we are <laughs> we decided to try it. So if you have time, watch it. And so uh, I was going to maker fairs uh, around the world for a long time, but I think our country Czechia 
as a great tradition of making. Uh, I remember my grandfather uh, uh, built a tractor to work on his field himself from scrap. But that was making out of necessity and now we uh, <laughs> but when uh, when there was a revolution, I, I think everything was labeled bad, so people stopped this. And when like full blown crazy, I'll buy everything. Yeah, yeah. So I think now, now it's time to to start uh, show people that making is cool. And actually, we have we have incredible makers here. But the thing is that uh, people don't realize that uh, the project they are making in their garage might be interesting to someone. So mm -hmm. I think that is the main message for the first two, uh, for the of the first two years here, that we are actually <laughs> showing people that what they do is is cool and interesting and inspiring for someone someone else. Mm -hmm. So that is why we decided not to cancel and still and still do it. And yeah. And, and what what are the dates of this year's Make a Fair? Uh, I it is next weekend. Next weekend, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I would have to come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well next weekend, so tune in. Um, so Josef, you're uh, a big success story. Um, you've uh, been uh, praised mean, internationally for, for for the speed of the success and so on. And uh, I wanted to ask you from the point of view of uh, let's say, people starting out where you were 10, 12 years ago, mm. um, what you would advise them and uh, how <laughs> you think they should make their way in the world? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I feel too young to give out <laughs> advices like that. But I mean, be prepared for, for a lot of hard work. Because mm -hmm. I mean, if you, if, you, if you want to build a company uh, to, to last, I mean, uh, uh, that is the difference of, of us and most of the startup scene now, because everybody wants just to create a company and sell it quickly. Mm. So I, I'm planning to, you know, pass the first research to my kids. Mm -hmm. So that definitely changes a lot of your decisions sure. on, on the way. So mm -hmm. build definitely start by building solid base you can build up on. Mm -hmm. If you if if you want to do something quickly, quick turnaround. Uh, I hate the term serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have it on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. if they are, if they if these go ask me for investment, I definitely don't don't do that because mm -hmm. they just tell some something about the dedication for mm -hmm. the for the company. But obviously, you have to <laughs> you have to do uh, what, what you love. I think it it, it gives gives you a lot of advantage if if uh, I would say what. What you do is your hobby. Also, but there's also one giant disadvantage. If it's your hobby, you spend <laughs> you really spend ridiculous amounts of time <laughs> working on uh, on that. Right. It's much much more difficult to divide personal life and and the business life. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what helped me um, to have someone uh, don't don't do it alone. To have some, some someone someone to bounce your idea mm -hmm. on, you know, because from my experience, <laughs> the, when you get the idea, the, the, the original one, is not always the best. But if you are alone, you, you don't work on that idea for, for a longer time. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, you were telling me earlier that you, uh, of course, travel a great deal. Um, yeah. And uh, you said sometimes you go to the States for two days and back again and oh, yeah. so on. Oh, yeah. um, so this experience of, of working internationally and uh, working in different countries with people of different cultures and so on uh, has obviously given you quite a good overview of, <laughs> of, uh, of the way the world works. And uh, from the point of view of Czechia, this country, and Prague in particular, uh, I'm curious to know um, how you see the current situation here, mm -hmm. um, if you're optimistic for the future of this country. Well, uh, I would say the more I travel, the more I love it here. Mm -hmm. I would say we are like the perfect balance of, of, you know, all the cultures and, you know, we are, it is very nice to live here. Uh, and uh, obviously your view is always a little bit different because uh, usually when you, when you follow the news from all around the world, you are shielded from some of the stuff, but here you have everything. So, so it, it, the, the view is always skewed. But as, as you said, that when you when you travel, you get a little bit of out of the box view. So I, I think we we have a pretty great country, and obviously this uh, this is this idea is not transferable. You have to you have to find out yourself. Mm -hmm. So I I. <laughs> I would suggest people to travel, but that will have to, that will have to uh, last, uh, uh, be postponed for yeah. for a bit. Sure. But there are different ways to to uh, mm, to see other cultures. I mean, you you can you can meet with people who are from other countries. You mm. can you can learn a language. Mm. I th I think learning a language is also great in that regard. Yeah. I believe you're uh, originally from a, a, a small village of about 150 people, oh, yeah. uh, and now you live in Prague. So, was that quite an adjustment for you? And, and do you have you come to enjoy city life? Uh, I I don't think you have to pick one over over the mm. other. Even though I, I'm from a small small village, uh, I mean, thanks to the internet, I grew up with the internet. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm one of the first generations which had it here in Czech from such an early age. So, I mean, you, you can be in the village, but yeah, also connected with the whole world. So, so I think this, this difference is also a li little bit disappearing. But I, uh, I, right now I'm pretty comfortable in a big, big city. I mean, from from a Czech point of view, yeah. not from yeah. a world point of view. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love Prague. Okay. Looks like we have a, a question from somebody in the audience. Uh, Martin Vania uh, asks, uh, do you have any examples of 3D printing being used in Czech industry? Uh, and is there any way you'd like Czech companies to start using 3D printing in their manufacturing? Uh, so, actually, <laughs> there's a lot of companies in Czech using using our printers, uh, for example, Škoda uh, Auto, it, and it might not, it, as I said, it doesn't have to be the final, final product printed, but a, a lot of companies mostly use it uh, for making jigs, customized tools, and stuff like that. 
And also there's a skew uh, in the view uh, that you companies often don't share these things. Either they don't have time for that because it, it is just a tool for them, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, or the, the, if they are doing customer pr principal customers, they are also under NDAs and stuff. And so mostly you see people who, who have 3D printer as a hobby, as a whole. So that is what online you mostly see, mostly see toys and nice things to look at. But companies are over half of uh, what, what we have as sales. So. Okay. And uh, we have, uh, I mean, uh, best thing is we, we have some stories uh, from, the, uh, from the companies. Uh, on the on our web page, mm -hmm. but as I said, we have uh, from Skoda Auto to <laughs> a crazy company in England we visited. I, I think this will get people to the website <laughs> because they are <laughs> printing animatronic tails. You mm -hmm. can clip on back of your jeans, uh -huh. and people use it uh, for cosplays and stuff. And it is remote controlled, so you can wiggle your tail and stuff <laughs> like that. And they, they couldn't start uh, uh, without 3D printing because it is very, I mean, uh, it is very good for low volume manufacturing because, I mean, the investment for, for, for uh, under thousand bucks, you can have a factory at home. Right. And as you, as you were asking about starting a business, mm -hmm. if you plan to do something which is not software or service, uh, but something uh, which is manufactured, you can definitely, th this allows you to try it before you invest huge amounts into like the traditional high volume manufacturing methods. So mm -hmm. always try the idea before you go big. Okay. Um, we've talked a little bit about uh, your workload and uh, how, how hard you've worked and how busy you are. Um, Perhaps uh, just to finish a little something about uh, you, the person. What do you do to relax? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I have a lot of exploration in that field <laughs> because just after after the years, um, I'm starting to uh, think about things like relaxation. But you know, over the years, you 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 forget how to uh, you forget how to do these things. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm thinking. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm. I'm trying to get back uh, a little bit into music just for fun, uh, to DJ with my brother and stuff. Tell us something about the music because that's that's an interesting one for me. You said so. You're you're a DJ, and uh, did you also uh, write music or do no, you also no, write no. music? No, I, I was. Uh, uh, I was just DJing. I would say, and I mean, but th there are all also very very various levels. But yeah, we, we play from vinyls and I was also doing a little bit of, uh, of step sequencers. But also as I'm a technical guy, I was building controllers. How, because you, you play music, but there are a lot of ways how you can play with it mm -hmm. and different, different styles. So yeah, I, I think if you, if you search uh, hard, Hard enough, you can find some some of my sets online, maybe. Okay. Yeah, okay. I would have to check if it's still up, uh, mm -hmm. but I think it was on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. But that that had some difficulties a couple of years ago, so I'm not sure if it's still there. Okay. Do you plan to 
play out again at some point? Go and yeah, play maybe, live? maybe. Yeah. I, I'm thinking uh, in the next few weeks <laughs> because uh, I mean, a lot of people are still stuck at home. Yeah. Uh, so maybe do a little live stream on Twitter or something just, mm -hmm. just for fun. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're one of these people who sort of sets targets for yourself or sets goals for yourself, but uh, is there anything in particular that you, you have in your sights that you would like to achieve? <laughs> no. Uh, we, I would say we are going with the flow because uh, from, from experience we have uh, doing targets uh, usually limits us because we were usually growing faster than the targets we, mm -hmm. we, we set. So if, if we set targets, it, I mean if, if people see that, oh yeah, we are going to reach that in 70% of the allocated time, so what we will do, we will s slow down to make it just in time, right? Right, right. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people are like that in our team because I, I think we are, we are, everyone uh, just loves 3D printing, so they, they, they enjoy it. Uh, so, yes. Okay. So, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Fascinating to listen to you. And, uh, it's already an hour? It's already over. <laughs> but, uh, oh, so we, we have one, one oh, more question. There's one more minute, yeah. So, how do you see the future of 3D printing in 10 or 20 years? Oh, it is, it is interesting from the point of view that I don't, uh, I think, uh, in the technology we use mostly, which is uh, FFF, used film and fabrication, where you uh, basically, this is a gl glorified hot glue gun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the hardware is, is pretty much there. Uh, I, I think the, the improvements can be done like 10, 15%. But there, the, the, the most development will be in making it uh, more accessible or di digestible for, for people outside of, which are not as tech savvy. Because uh, honestly, I, th I think 3D printers are now more reliable than, than uh, 2D printers because ev every time I'm trying to print something, it just doesn't work uh, with the 2D printers, but <laughs> these work. And uh, also, if you want to do a basic 3D modeling, which is, uh, which is not organic, I mean, if you want to model a face, you have to be basically a sculptor. If you cannot sculpt a face out of modeling clay, you will, you will never be able to do it digitally. But if you are doing like uh, mechanical parts or with basic geometry, it is more like building Legos. Mm -hmm. So it is very simple. I think like trying to format a Word document it's much harder task than to do a basic than to do a basic uh, 3D design. So mm -hmm. that is uh, that is what will happen in next years, uh, mm -hmm. next ten years, to mm -hmm. to make people realize it is not something they should be scared of. Mm -hmm. So people will become maybe uh, accustomed to the technology and, and more yeah, comfortable. Yeah, using I, it. I mean, I mean, pe pe people are unreasonably scared of new things. Mm -hmm. You know, scared mm -hmm. out of the new. And it is just a, just just a shame. So that is that is what will happen in next week, in next ten years. Mm -hmm. And we have a couple more final questions. I think. Uh, so the first one is: Do you believe three D printing of PPEs might be a viable solution to meet global demand of PPEs? Uh, uh, 
to fully saturate the market, I don't think uh, it is possible because uh, what, uh, what is happening now, people are using their home printers uh, for, uh, and giving everything away for free. So uh, this is not a long-term solution. But uh, as I said, in some parts of the world which are remote, it definitely there's enough printers in the world to uh, to like do emergency supply, like the bare minimum. And also, we cannot print all of the PPEs. I th as, as I said, I mean the respirators it doesn't make sense to print them honestly, mm -hmm. but the face shields can be done. Uh, I also chose face shields because if, if you do it at home, uh, it is kind of self-verifying. If, if it holds the, the visor in front of your face, you know that it is working. Right, if right. you have something which is uh, more complicated, like the respirators, it might look super fancy, super technical, like the best respirator you ever saw. But just you, you cannot inspect it just by looking at it. If, if it's not sealing somewhere, it is as good as, uh, as, um, as a face mask. Mm. And okay, and uh, one more question here from some Miroslav Kovalina. Do you have some projects in the US? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it is not very specific, but uh, I'm, we, we are thinking about opening a distribution center there. But yeah, we. I. Yeah. <laughs> it's a plan at the moment, right? It's yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I like to keep uh, everyone in the same location because it uh, it just makes everything much much quicker. Mm. And to do remote uh, to do a second factory there, I don't think it, it, we would be able to hold the same quality in in both places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I think uh, Boeing had problems with that too. Yeah. 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 So I. I yeah, and especially now, uh, and everything is uncertain. So, if we if we had some projects, it, it, everything is on hold now. Mm -hmm. But here in Czech, we are still growing. We are still hiring, so it, it is nice. Yeah. Okay, so Josef, thank you very much for for your time today. Uh, thank you very uh, much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to talk to you too. Uh, thank you out there for for watching us, um, and uh, be sure to join. Uh, us for the next uh, Global Science Cafe uh, yeah. in June. Um, and I wish you continued success, Thank Joseph, you. and thanks again. Uh, if any, any one of you have, has other questions, feel free to ask me on Twitter. Oh, there's one more just popped up no. here. Uh, Lucia Kuligova says, uh, and how do you believe the world of 3D printing will look after 100 years. <laughs> I mean, so we're moving on 10, 20, 100. Uh, will we all have a printer at home like a toaster? <laughs> I mean, maybe she means in, uh, in the shape I, of I don't toaster. think it is possible to predict what will happen in 100 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in general, maybe we'll, we will not be here even. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We will see. We will see. Key I mean, question is though: Can can we? Will we be able to print toast? Uh, in the future. Uh, no, no, no. It is not as a toaster. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm joking. I'm but, joking. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, thanks again. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you.